It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Six minutes after eight o'clock, hour number three of Green and Growing, the first show of 2021, and Dave Baker coming up next with the Home Fix It show, so you want to stay tuned from nine to noon for that. You know you need home repairs. You're doing stuff around the house. You're doing stuff in the yard, so what better place to tune to than this, Green and Growing. We try to help you out with any of your outdoor adventures, and I was thinking about, you know, resolutions that that many of you may be trying to make for the new year. Not so much about, I want to get more fit, I want to eat better. I want to, you know, see more family, whatever. But how can we be better to the environment and in our landscapes and helping to beautify the world around us? If all of us do our part, pitch in just a little bit, this could be such a fantastic place. And I think it was made more beautiful in 2020. If anything good came from a pandemic, a lot of people planted more plants, took time outside. So that really is just a joy to be able to appreciate all of those things in nature. So that's kind of what we stick with here. And uh, I want to do a lot. I want to do a lot with that, too. And I remember reading a story about a year ago about Coca-Cola and the Pepsi company coming together with this monstrous new kind of cool recycle initiative um, and never had the chance to really get that on the air last year. That that was a fascinating story and local ties, obviously, with Coca-Cola being based here in Atlanta. So that's something I want to talk about too just taking care of the environment recycling and all of that so want to hear your garden resolutions we heard from mickey gasway in the last hour she's gonna bring back an old asparagus bed and and pick that up again so that's going to be fun something that you need a lot of space for a permanent spot for taking better care of the birds i'm going to get a feeder i'm going to keep it clean i'm going to keep it full and do a little more bird watching that helps you slow down sit on the back deck look out that back window drink your coffee put the phone down just kind of watch the birds, maybe taking some time for nature, even if it's only five minutes. And also what you got for Christmas. Um, if you got some fun garden tools or a new plant, someone maybe propagated something for you and shared it with you. A lot of you probably have those years old Christmas cactus plants, and hopefully you're enjoying some blooms on those and some blooms on your amaryllis too. Mine are so late. My amaryllis aren't even putting up green leaves yet. I'm kind of disappointed, but whatever. If, if I get them in February, I get them in February. Something that we were talking about too that I wanted to give you some tips on is poinsettias, right? A lot of you stocked up on poinsettias to have around the holidays and they look so pretty and maybe some of the leaves are falling off now. Maybe they're getting kind of leggy looking and you just think, all right, I'm going to toss those aside. That's fine. If you want to buy new ones every year and you don't have time for this, that's absolutely fine. But for those of you, I had one who had a sentimental reason why she was keeping a poinsettia. So she wanted kind of the best idea for care with that. So they're tropical plants. A lot of them were sourced out of uh, Mexico. So they're really used to being warm, you know, upwards of like high 60s, 70 degrees. Um, And it's really important to not let them dry out. Don't keep them near a vent or anything like that. But a sunny window is fantastic for those. And even for the next couple of months, if you choose to keep them, You can take that foil off now. The holidays are over, that, you know, that red foil or that green foil that's around them. But place the pot on a saucer. That way that's going to catch the moisture and all of that. But when the leaves start to fall off or whatever, you can cut off the bracts, which are what you think of as the flower petals, the red part of the poinsettia. Cut those off. Leave only the green leaves sometime this month. And I know you're tempted to cut the the limbs back, but don't. Don't do that yet. Don't cut the stems back. When it's warm enough to set them outside, kind of like where they get filtered sun, you know, like a kind of a shady area. But when it's warm, 
to set them outside maybe in April or so, that's when you're going to want to reduce the size. You can cut those stems all the way back. They're going to be leggy at that point, maybe not even have any leaves at all, but don't give up on them. Cut the stems back to about six inches tall. You still have them in the pot. And as they start to re-sprout, which they will very quickly, move them to gradually a little more and more sunshine every time. Um, And they do get so big and sprout so quickly that you may have to move them up to a larger pot. So no big deal. When you transplant something, just go up an inch or two. If you've got them in a four-inch pot, you know, go ahead and get a six-inch pot ready if you need to transplant them to a larger pot. And then you start thinking about fertilizing and all of that. They would love to be outside for the summertime. You can throw them right in the ground if you want to. You'll have to dig them back up when it starts to cool down. But throw them right in the ground or just keep them in a pot. Maybe if you put them in a terracotta pot or something like that, keep them in the pot and put the pot in the ground. And that way you kind of have like a green poinsettia bush around the corner near the walk or whatever. As they grow bigger and bigger throughout the summertime with all that sun, you can keep shortening just the longest branches when you walk by it. Just kind of trim those back or whatever to make the plant nice and compact. And then in October or whatever, that's when you kind of have to start thinking about bringing it in and the whole 14, I think, 14 hours of darkness and then less, 10 hours of light, the back and forth, either putting a cardboard box, putting them in a closet or something, that's when you're going to start trying to get the color again for Christmas. That's that's a month or so long process to do, but at least enjoy them for the summertime. They're green, they're bushy, they're pretty, and I've seen some, I mean, folks that could have a three, four-year-old poinsettia, and they've done it successfully in a, a small whiskey barrel or something. I mean, those things can get three or four feet tall. So that's kind of fun. If you want to give yourself a little challenge, give the kids something to do and say, you know what? Santa dropped off this poinsettia. We're going to keep it alive. You can keep it all year long and enjoy it outside. 404-872-0750 is the number. Do we have David calling from San Francisco? Hey, good morning. Wow. It's Ashley, right? Yeah, good morning. 5 a.m. where you're at. Oh, yeah, but it's uh, it's a nice 5 a.m. Oh, well, good. Quiet. Well, Happy New Year. Thanks for calling. Yeah, Happy New Year. Hey, uh, I used to live out in uh, what they called the Grand Valley out in Colorado, mm-hmm. and it was a, a shape of a valley that was uh, like 90 degrees to the uh, – it, it had a back wall of a mountain that reflected the sunlight down on the valley floor. And so you got like six weeks longer – uh, growing season, and so they grew a lot of fruit trees out there. It's uh, along the Colorado River out near Utah, and they uh, there were people that introduced uh, the wrong trees into their orchards, and in a cold snap, you'd lose them. And I was always wondering, does crop insurance cover a thing like that? I would think so, but I cannot speak I educatedly mean, if- enough on that. I mean, I know you can, you know, certain tree damage you you can certainly make insurance claims for depending on your policy and all of that but for croppers who have acres and acres of fruit trees i would imagine they do have some kind of policy that covers that since that's their livelihood that may be a whole nother you know arm of insurance that they carry on those yeah see that's the thing i was wondering is as the years have gone by like if if i remember right is it valencia oranges of texas that mm-hmm. they need a frost you know it it uh, it helps bring out the sugars in the oranges and so Texas expects a frost, and that type of oranges do it. But I think Florida oranges uh, and some of the California ones can't stand a frost. Yeah, and here in Georgia, we need chill hours for things like peaches and plums and all of that. Those need chill hours, you know, to really, yeah, the, the sugars need to enrich and the fruits and all those kinds of things. So sure, sure, it's necessary for some, but really detrimental to others, isn't it? Yeah, so I was just wondering, like, with global warming, you know, as the— as the uh, 
warmness comes up the Americas, uh, you know, so southern Georgia is probably too darn hot now for certain plants, but uh, getting right for certain other ones. And so, like, if you were to look at global warming in terms of planning, if you knew it was happening, you could plan for it. But if you've got people who are going out of their way to say that it's not happening and that the taxpayer dollars can't be used to to investigate it uh, so that nobody can plan, like the extension agents, can the extension agents, if we've got a, a, a an administration that refuses to acknowledge global warming, and they refuse to allow the extension agents to talk about it, then that means that whole counties, whole sections of the country cannot uh, discuss global warming and how to plan for it. Now, I'm, I, I'm going to tell you, David, though, I mean, this is, a, this is a conservative talk radio station in the South, but I am not political. Well, this isn't conservative or liberal. This is well, reality. Well, I know, but I am not getting political about an administration one way right. or the other. But I will tell you what's funny is for years and years, you know, I mean, folks have lived and died farmers by the Farmer's Almanac. And I know that seems so antiquated, but really keeping trends and patterns and monitoring those things are what our extension agents are so good at doing the research and having that data to back up, you know, maybe based on previous years, successes and failures of certain crops and things for farmers and all of that. So as far as predicting, you know, warmer weather and things that can come, people much more educated than me can certainly kind of plan for things and really see a change in, in environmental conditions and things like that. And plants are so adaptable, too. We've got scientists who are really coming up with different hybrids, whether they're heat-resistant or more you know, drought-tolerant or insect-resistant. I mean, it's amazing the science and the grafting and all of that that can be done to hybridize plants for more success in certain crops and all of that. But, yeah, to go back to your insurance question and whether or not that would cover a frost or a freeze with crops and fruit trees and all of that. I mean, that's really an interesting thing that I'm sure farmers have had those conversations, not only with their insurance agents, maybe they have an umbrella policy that would kind of broaden their coverage, but talking to their CPA CPA or their IRS agent or something like that, a knowledgeable tax person who not only can help make sure they have the right coverage, but you also have to consider kind of like fair market value of the property, right? If you're going to have insurance coverage, what it's worth, what the property is worth, the amount of insurance that's allowed on something like that. So that's really, it's an interesting conversation, David. And I think you just maybe planted a seed in my head for maybe an idea for a guest because here in Georgia, you know, if we're, if we're gardening on a smaller scale, we may not think of insurance covering plants that we have, but certainly you want to know if a tree falls and causes damage to a fence, to a vehicle, to someone's property, there's that age old, you know, is it the neighbor's responsibility? Is it my responsibility? Whose side of the property line is the tree on? And all kinds of things. And coming up early February, too, I'm also going to be speaking with Georgia Power. I love having them on once or twice a year. Georgia Power is going to be able to give us the best tips about protecting our property and keeping things safe in our property and on the roads as well for us driving around in winter storms and also spring storms when all of that damage comes through and tornado season begins and all that. So really great call, David. I'm, I'm glad you kind of gave me some ideas there for guests. But yeah, we'll definitely be talking to folks at Georgia Power about preparing for storms and making sure your landscape is, is safe and in the best condition to keep you and your family safe. So thanks for the call. I appreciate you calling from the West Coast. I love it. About 18 minutes after 5 a.m. in California, but it's 8.18 here, which means it's time to check traffic and weather. And we'll be back and hearing from Pike Nursery at the bottom of the hour. Fun stuff about houseplants. You don't want to miss that. Stay tuned. I'm Ashley Frasca. This is WSB. Oh, oh, oh.
No matter where you are in the country or where you are in the world, you can listen to WSB. And that must be what David in San Francisco was doing on a smart speaker all the way in California, listening to this little old garden show in Atlanta, Georgia, on your laptop on WSBradio.com, even from your smartphone. If you're out taking the dog for a walk, pop in those earbuds and get the WSB Radio app, listen to the show. And also, we have an open mic feature on that. I don't know if you knew that, but you can record a message for WSB. And you may hear it played back on the radio, whether you're in a traffic jam or have a comment about a story or even a garden question or a home fix-it show question. You can leave it on the open mic feature. Just record, you know, your name, where you're calling from, and kind of what your comment is. I think you've got about 20 seconds to record something for us. So pretty neat. Technology is a pretty neat place. And I know you're listening to us in ways beyond just the radio at the house or in the car. And we appreciate you helping us. Make 2020 a really strong year despite some struggles. 2021 is going to be much better for all of us. We're all going to still be together and really enjoy the things, the opportunities that we have this year. We're off to a good start so far. A dog's win last night. It's just the second day of the year, and it's not too cold. I like that. It may be a little wet today, though, later on in the day. Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz calling for scattered showers. A high of around 61, lows around 43, partly cloudy tomorrow. High of 52 and low of 33. We're going to have a couple of really nice sunny days Monday and Tuesday as well. So coming up at the bottom of the hour, Pike Nursery, we're talking about house plants and a house plant quiz, which I think you're going to learn a lot if you argue with a friend or an in-law or something about what a particular house plant is called. It may have multiple names. It may be referred to in three or four different ways, but we're going to kind of quiz Kara Mulvey, who's the store manager of the Holcomb Bridge store, and keep her on her toes there. And I want to tell you, too, I will get to the top three things you need to do in the garden, but I want to tell you. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction from Jason. So we'll go ahead and do this, but then I have something exciting to tell you. So just hold on. Let me get through this. Top three things to do. Number one, get to pruning most ornamental shrubs. We had a great conversation on winter pruning with Walter Reeves. Ornamental shrubs, you can do that now before the new growth comes on in the spring. You're not going to harm it. It's okay. But the spring flowering shrubs, the ones that you see pop open first, azaleas, rhododendrons, leave those alone because they have the buds now. They're going to open in the spring. So just look carefully if you don't know what you have. Number two, keep compost piles moist for decomposition. Even though it's cold, you still see steam. They're still staying warm because all of that stuff is working to decompose. And number three, protect plants for the cold. That may be something you need to think about come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday as lows get down in the low 30s. So if a freeze is expected, you want to cover things, you want to make sure the soil around the stuff planted outside has been watered well, and everything in containers, that's easier to protect. You can group them close together up against the house, somewhere in a sheltered area. And then your house plants, too. If it's a nice day, like today, it's going to get up to 61. I bring those things out for just a couple of hours to get some sun. They love it. It really invigorates some new growth, especially on some of my succulents and things. But things that are tender outside, pansy beds, new greenery emerging from some bulbs, mulch those well with pine straw and bark, and you'll be okay. So, yeah, my exciting news. So next Saturday... I'm going to share with you an interview that I just did a couple of days ago. A 15-year-old gardener, a 15-year-old gardener, super into houseplants. I mean, Hoyas, orchids, philodendrons. He knows the Latin names that I couldn't even pronounce back to you. And it all started, I'll, I'll, I'll wait for him to tell you how it all started, his interest in all of these plants stemmed from one thing, one single solitary moment in his life that he probably never knew Two years ago, 
would spur this love and this enthusiasm and this interest for houseplants and the ways he shares them with others and is getting friends his age excited about them too. So I was able to go to his house, see his collection, even terrariums, which I know Jason next Saturday will probably be able to weigh in on because he's got fish tanks and just new and exciting ways to think about plants and new new and different things to do with them. So uh, my guest, Ryan Tedeschi, will be on next Saturday. A fun little piece. Like I said, in 2021, man, I am looking forward to getting out there and getting your garden stories and meeting interesting people, gardeners who are doing some fun things and have some passion projects. I know Last year, I was able to talk to Jim Bearden over at Green Meadows Preserve in West Cobb. Not only their spot for um, for master gardeners to keep their, their gardens there at Green Meadows. I think you had to pay for a plot or pay for a bed. But the uh, bluebird nests and bluebird houses and how he kept up with those, that was really interesting. And I got to go out to a STEM school in Marietta and see... Um, the Georgia Forestry Commission plant trees and have those children be a part of that. That was really neat. Them getting to be outside of the classroom and learning like that. I've been to Pike Nursery stores, interviewing not only department heads, but also customers, just seeing what they're in there buying and what's hot, what's trending. So I love the thought of getting out on the road and being able to tell more stories and people that are doing really interesting things. So I think other than Ryan coming up in January with a passion for houseplants, and I guarantee you're going to be really just smiling the whole time you listen to his stories. But in February, talking with some birding experts from the Audubon Society, but also from Cornell and their lab of ornithology, talking about the great backyard bird count. And hopefully, fingers crossed, bringing back some festivals and some chances to be outdoors again at Piedmont Park and Dogwood Festivals, Atlanta Wine Festival, just things where we can all get together and enjoy the fruits of labor outside and flowers and all that kind of thing. So stay tuned. 2021 is going to be a big year, and I want you to be a part of it too. 404-872-0750, always going to be the number you can call to reach me here on Green and Growing Monday through Friday. I'm in the traffic center. I'm reporting traffic during Atlanta's morning news from 430 to 9, so you know we've got you covered on the roads. And some better news now when you're waking up. Some of that fog is lifting. Things aren't as crazy as they were if you were out early yesterday morning. Oh, my goodness. Things are somewhat calm on the roads. Take your time today. It's just an easy, breezy Saturday morning, second day of 2021. And I'm glad you're right here. Stay tuned. Pike Nursery comes up next on Green and Growing. You're listening to Ashley Frasca. It's 95.5 WSP. Y'all close them eyes. Let's go there in our mind. Hunting and fishing and loving every day. That's the brand new. Oh, yeah, the grass is green. I'm gonna live where the green grass grows. The grass is always green around the other side. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. January 2nd edition of Green and Growing. Hey, I'm your host, Ashley Frasca. Thanks so much for being here the day after New Year's Day. We are starting 2021 off right, that's for sure. We've been talking a lot about houseplants today, and I'm really glad to have Kara Mulvey back with us this part of the show. You always know to expect Pike Nursery here at 830 in the morning. And guess what, Kara? We're talking about houseplants again. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it's a great topic to go over. You know, it is. And you think about you want to be happier in 2021. It's got to be a better year and healthier. And a lot of folks associate 
good air quality and tranquility and all of these things with houseplants. I mean, that's great research that's been done. They make a huge difference in air quality in the house. And now you've taken down your Christmas tree and it can start to feel a little bit bare. So, you know, filling up your house with some good house plants will really set the 2021 year off right. Yeah, there's always a huge gap. You take down that mm-hmm. tree and that, that spot could have been bare before, but then you take down the tree and it's like it's a brand new bare spot all over again. So you need something to it fill is. with it. So lucky house plants. That's what we want to talk about today. What do you have for us, Kara? So some great lucky houseplants to put in your home in the new year. Palea peperomioids is a great, it's called a money plant or a pancake plant. There's a bunch of different common names for them. It's really easy. It's got pancake-shaped foliage on it, and there's emerald green color to it. They are easy to take care of. You let them dry out in between waterings. They're great little dust plants or somewhere. You do need highlight for them. Then you also have your snake plants. Mm -hmm. These are the easiest plants to grow. They can go in high light, low light, medium light. Anywhere you have, these plants will grow. What you will change, though, is how often you water them. If they're in lower light, you can get away with every three to four weeks without watering them. The higher the light, the more you often you have to water them. Um, but still, even in high light, you don't water them more than every, you know, 14 to 21 days. You, you know, do let them dry out completely in between waterings. Yeah, it just goes back to that. Stick your finger in the soil with all of these house plants and really see what they need. Don't try to do it based on a calendar. You can just simply tell by whether or not the soil is moist what they need. And this one with that vertical foliage mm-hmm. is so pretty. And these are um, recommended to be one of the best air purifiers out there. They are just so pretty and they fit in tight spaces. We have them ranging from four inch all the way up to 14 inch. So they'll fill a big space or, you know, they're a great dust plant as well. Easy, low maintenance and great for the air quality. A really, really fun one. And the next one, I think of funerals, but they're also a plant that's a sign of goodwill. It's just a peaceful plant. The peace lily, um, and these are great with air purifying benefits as well. They're easy to take care of as long as they get enough water. You don't want them to dry out too terribly much. Um, A lot of times you're going to be watering them every two to three days. Uh, uh, Definitely one, you want to go ahead and repot in a good potting soil, um, something that will help keep in that moisture um, because they do want a fair amount of water. So that one, the spathophyllum, those are also, Mm -hmm. you know, another name for peace lilies, but they live forever, Kara. I mean, some of these things people have had for decades, right? We have customers all the time bring them in and they're like, we've had this for 40 years. Can we repot it? You know, and uh, they they do live forever as long as they get that, that good water. And sorry if you just mentioned this, Kara, but when you're talking about repotting houseplants, good general rule of thumb, folks, if you need to do that, only take a pot up maybe by about an inch. That's really all you need if you're to repot anything. You don't want to go too big. You don't want to double the size of the pot or anything crazy like that. Okay, and the last one, folks struggle keeping these alive, and the folks that have a really green thumb, man, more power to them keeping these reblooming. The thing I always say about orchids is that if they like their environment, they're going to live good. So if you find that good environment, whether you have a green thumb or not, they're going to be happy. They want something with high humidity. Um, They want something with a lot of bright light, but no direct sunlight. Um, An east morning window that has really bright light for that whole morning, that's the best place to put orchids. Yay, that's where Um, I have mine. I'm so glad to hear that. (laughs) 
the other cool thing about orchids is you want to have a pot that has holes in it. Um, something in the wild, they grow, a, they wrap their roots really tightly around trees and things like that. So they want really, really root-bound feeling to them, but they also want air on their roots. So that's what the pots with the holes in them, that's what it accomplishes. You want to use an orchid bark or an orchid mix. You don't want them sitting in water, um, but they do like the high humidity. So somewhere around a bathroom, if you have good light in there or in a kitchen where you're always, you know, where the humidity is a little higher, that's the best place to put these. And according to Feng Shui, orchids can bring love, new romance, or help improve current relationships. So, yeah, if you're looking for something new in 2021, it couldn't hurt, right? <laughs> no, not at all. And they're beautiful to look at as well. All right. Well, I have a little game for you. Maybe we'll share a little knowledge with the listeners. So there are a lot of times, Kara, when folks call the show and, you know, they'll refer to a plant as the common name. And it could be known as so many other things. Like there's butterfly weed, there's butterfly bush. I mean, that's just an example. So I'm going to throw out a few houseplant names to you. And you're probably more familiar with the common name. And maybe this will ring a bell with folks. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds awesome. All right. So very popular, maybe in a, a hanging basket or a larger pot, pothos. What's another name um, for that? People also call it devil's ivy. The one I have, it gets the perfect amount of light over my garden tub, and it's it's hanging from the ceiling. Um, it's just kind of a solid green color, but is that available and variegated as well? Yeah, we carry them. Um, that's what you're talking about. It's probably a jade. Then we also carry neon, which is a bright chartreuse color. We have marble queen, which has like a white variegation with green to it. And then we have some really cool varieties. There's silvery satin and silvery anne. And those are like a gray, um, really soft. It almost feels like a velvet leaf. Wow. Oh, that sounds pretty. All right. So pothos, devil's ivy. Up next, peperomia. You can call it a radiator plant, but there's about 500 different varieties of them. Radiator plant, maybe because it grows well in like tropical and subtropical climates, right? Yeah. High heat, high humidity, low water. All right. Up next, spathophyllum. Peace lily. Those are very common. They get a pretty white bloom on them. They have really, really dark green foliage. Dracaena. What do a lot of folks refer to that as? Corn plant. There's like, quite a few different varieties of them. Um, your most common one is going to be your mass cane, which has got a really thick trunk to it, and it's got some bright green foliage to it. There's variegated varieties, and then you have other ones that are like thin, skinny leaves. They have purple colors in them, but they need about medium light. They don't want to be overwatered. They want to dry out in between waterings. I would say every seven to ten days, you give it a little bit of water. Okay, and before I moved my croton indoors, I enjoyed a calathea plant. What's another name for that? Rattlesnake plant. There's different varieties of calathea, like the lancifolia is the skinny leaf one, and that's typically what people call the rattlesnake plant. And then the larger leaf, they call the peacock plant. I got one more for you, Diffenbachia. Dumb cane. We have sterling and camouflage. The camouflage is a bright kind of white green on it with speckles of dark green. And then sterling is a dark, dark green, and it's heavily veined in it. But if you do have furry friends, they can be poisonous to them. Well, folks can see some pictures of some of the houseplants we just talked about or find their nearest pike location, Kara, online. What's the website? 
pikenursery.com. We also have online orders as well that you can submit your online order and you'll hear from us within 24 to 48 hours. We'll have your order all ready to go. Simple and easy. And just remember, folks, if you purchased a Christmas tree with a stand, now is the time to start returning those tree stands to Pike Nursery. You get an in-store credit. Easy, very easy, one and done, and then turn right back around and spend it on a house plant or potting soil or whatever you may need. So, Kara Mulvey, manager of the Holcomb Bridge location there in Alpharetta, thanks for the time this morning and Happy New Year. Of course. Happy New Year. And very quickly, speaking of houseplants, I recently interviewed a 15-year-old who is fascinating. His name's Ryan. He lives in Smyrna, knows so much more about houseplants than any adult I've ever met, loves the science and the biology behind it, keeps a ton of them in his bedroom, grows them, propagates them successfully. You're going to hear from Ryan. You're going to meet him next Saturday on the show. So please join me on January 9th as I introduce you to someone that you're going to learn a lot from. All right, time to take a break and we'll be right back on Green and Growing. You're listening to WSB. Updated weather forecast brought to you by Finley Roofing. Wrapping up the first show of 2021. Man, what a year 2020 was for sure. Began the show in February. Had a great, what's the math? 10 months, 10 months of this show. And I'm looking forward to a lot more really cool adventures in the coming year once COVID restrictions are lifted. A lot of what I do is outside anyways, but trying to be careful and socially distanced, but have some fun field trips planned. I definitely want to visit Oakland Cemetery, Serenby, down South Metro, just so many fun things. The University of Georgia Griffin campus, I've had a couple of different invites to see what all goes down uh, there with the College of Agricultural and Environmental Sciences. A lot of really neat research being done. And did you know that Tiff Tough Bermuda grass began right here in Georgia? Sees just some really cutting edge, exciting things that go on at the University of Georgia. Not only the Athens campus, but also the Griffin Extension campus as well. So I think at this point in the show, we have time to do this. Green Green and Growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right, if you have time to get out, I don't want it to be overwhelming for you. So number one, get to pruning most ornamental shrubs. That's got to be done before the new growth begins in the spring. Leave the spring flowering shrubs alone, though. Anything that flowers in the spring, like your azaleas, your rhododendrons, they're setting buds now that are set to open in the spring. Number two, keep compost piles moist for decomposition to continue. Even though it's cold, they still should be staying warm as all of that good organic material is decomposing. And number three, protect plants for the cold. If a freeze is expected, which you know we're going to have more between now and let's say March, make sure the soil around all of the outdoor plants has been watered well and plants and containers can be grouped close together or up against the house on a porch or a patio. Just move to a protected area and be sure that tender plants like pansy beds or emerging bulbs are mulched well with pine straw and bark. And I'm going to give you a tip too, something that I was kind of devastated by. I left water in my glass bird bath on a stand and I knew better. So right around Christmas, it froze, the bottom cracked. That was not good. So if you have anything glass outside, whether it's a hummingbird feeder or a bird bath or something like that, Empty the water out of it and even bring it in if you can. And the hummingbird feeders especially, those should be emptied. Take this time to be cleaning them. Keep the bird feeders filled, though. Our birds have gone crazy. All kinds of woodpeckers and pine siskins, finches. I mean, we'll see up to 16, 17 birds kind of crowded around the feeder at one time. And we use kind of an all-nut blend. Um, of bird seed, and that just attracts everybody. And if you want mealy worms, you can buy a bag of mealy worms. That is really, really attractive to bluebirds. And who doesn't love seeing the bluebird of happiness in their yard? Well, I wish for you a very safe 
healthy and happy 2021. It's certainly got to be better than this last year for sure. We're going to have a lot of great adventures together. And I appreciate you sticking with me here on Green and Growing. Looking forward to a fantastic year. Thanks to all of the uh, staff here at WSB, my colleagues, my friends that have helped this show happen from my boss, Pete Spriggs. And on down the line, I work with Jason and Justin and Rachel and DeMarco, Scotty B sometimes on Saturday mornings. Dave Baker comes in right behind me and usually has an encouraging word or two. So I wish for you guys a very, very good weekend. I know mine's going to be relaxing, but I'll return on Monday morning. Triple Team Traffic, part of Atlanta's morning news. We'll be here for you with the latest stories and headlines. Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a great weekend. who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.